Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. And I am Bryce. And I'm Bradley. You sound very robotic, Randy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, this week, we are We're doing robots, you, right? <laughs> I, that actually would have been so apt and actually kind of disappointed that we're not now uh sorry for anyone who's really excited for robots do those count as monsters i don't i don't know depends, depends on like I what say so. i suppose if we're doing terminator monsters yeah i could see that but like uh, regular i was thinking the movie terminator robot. robots sorry in on this podcast we have a very loose definition of monster yeah i'm sure but like I, I just feel like of everything from gods to like robots so and robot <laughs> I feel like gods, robots yeah, are just so. like not or at least normal world robots are not sentient enough yet to be considered monsters but i suppose if we're going with like terminator then yeah those i would consider a whole heck of a monster for Dude, sure i don't know like have you oh, ever switched yeah. your like blender on like pulp <laughs> or whatever that's scary man <laughs> Is your blender a robot? Does it count as a robot? I feel like that would require like some like to be considered a robot. It would need at least some amount of like computation, maybe not necessarily AI, but like some amount of thought, not just like a lever. Well, well but... little do you know that my robot, <laughs> my blender is a smart robot. So well, I, I you know what? blend yeah, my that's... smoothie while I'm at the airport. Good for you. Good for you. I had no idea. It follows, uh, well, um. it follows you around. That's awesome. For all of your like desperate blending needs, it's always just right there, ready for you, ready for action. Oh man. Uh, well, unfortunately, we're not doing robots. I'm sorry to disappoint. Uh, instead, we're doing something that's kind of mindless, if you will. Like it's it's not like the most clever of creatures. So I mean, it's kind hey. of related to robots, and it's and it also serves a purpose. And, like is kind of uh like employed i don't know if it's hurting me it's It's hurting i'm trying to figure out how they're related uh because it's a stretch but we're actually going to be doing dementors from the harry potter universe oh nice oh i know heck yeah 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 i I assume universe (laughs) well then i was was gonna say i assume neither of you guys have seen the harry potter movies they're pretty niche most people don't really watch them i probably only seen them maybe like 10 times each uh, so well like amount. barely any so you probably don't know yeah. what's going on in them right yeah i've heard you don't start grasping what's happening in them until the 11th time at least so oh, yeah. i hear you can never truly grasp what's happening because <laughs> it changes so much it's so true <laughs> it's an ever-changing lore it's that's one of the magics of it i guess that's, that's the beauty of it so uh but yeah so we're talking about dementors which most people i would say are familiar with dementors but for anyone, if anyone isn't familiar with Dementors, we're going to go into uh, like a little bit of an explanation and walk you through what they are, just in case you've either never heard of the uh, Harry Potter universe or you're just not really familiar with it. Maybe you've like seen them in passing, but not really watched them all that much. Maybe so. it's been a minute since you well, yeah. have just seen the movies and haven't really read the books or like go into the lore. It's kind of hard to like know what they are. It's true. Yeah. Because they do, although they are, like, kind of important things, like, creatures in the universe, and, like, they are really intimidating, they don't talk about them all that much. They 
kind of just mention them and show them and never really like get into the specifics of them. They don't really break down what they are and stuff like that. Like most of like the deep lore about them is just kind of it exists, but it's not ever really studied all that much in the books or in the movies. It's just extra stuff that exists. I'm so not gonna it, lie, I feel like the Bogart version of the Dementor got more screen time. Absolutely did. <laughs> I think you're right. And especially yeah. in the books, it did as well, because they use that the Bogart version of like Dementors and other things in general way more than they do in the movies, which they already use it a lot in the movies. So man, but Dementors do seem like pretty out of place in the Harry Potter like universe. I do yeah. admit. Yeah, well, it's just like maybe like how they're portrayed in the movies. It's, it's like, hey, here's the, the Ministry of Magic. It's like the, you know, the government office of wizards and they employ uh like mini grim reapers i don't know it's <laughs> yeah weird. basically that is yeah it feels super strange for a government to have a bunch of like soul-sucking monsters on their employee just for whenever if that's like that feels like a very totalitarian like dictatorship kind of yeah thing to do not a respected like government kind of thing a little shady oh yeah a little bit i just think so. it's funny how harry potter goes like happy like friends and love <laughs> is what can save you and then it just rapidly changes to like whatever happens on in the third book third movie onward to where it's like no it's it's not mm -hmm. about friendship and love it's yeah <laughs> that's why like that's why the set fourth movie is one of my favorites because that i feel like i mean three as well because three is where things start to get more dark but it kind of feels like it's kind of along the lines of the story and it makes sense why that movie's more dark and so like i could see them doing a dark movie or a dark book or whatever about that storyline and then the next one going back to the happy but like the fourth book and movie they're just like no, no no no, we're really doubling down on the dark and everything sucks and everyone's gonna die and it's the worst and it's like oh cool even when hey, things man. should be happy it's not fun that's the teenage so. years though <laughs> exactly once you hit teens life sucks so. well the whole like ron and harry fight bothered me during that whole movie during the third one or the fourth one i can't remember when that happens they have a lot of fights. I feel like they have That's a fight true. in every movie, and then That's they have true. to like, resolve it <laughs> throughout the movie. Very healthy relationship, I would say. Anyway, uh, that, now that we've kind of gotten our thoughts out about the uh, the <laughs> Harry Potter movies, or at least the first four movies, anyway. So the Dementors are creatures that actually, and the reason we were talking about the third movie is, or third book and movie, I'm going to keep referring back and forth between either one. Uh, but they are first mentioned and shown on screen in the third book and movie. Because they, the, the Dementors are actually prison guards, if you will. Although like prison guards with like a huge like asterisks, like exclamation point. Like they're, they're like on steroids, but kind of prison guards for like the wizard's worst prison in the world. Like all of the so worst like wizards Alcatraz, ever right? go there. Yeah, and actually, funny that you mentioned that the uh, word, the name, and also the location for the prison was inspired by Alcatraz. So, hmm. oh, even the location? Yeah, the... because yeah, the prison, this prison is called Azkaban. It's just an island out in the middle of the ocean with a prison right. built on top of it, and so that's where like a they have these crazy guards on it, and also it's 
out in the middle of nowhere in the ocean and so there's no way to escape and so up until the third book of the series in uh, the harry potter series there was never an escape from azkaban no one had ever escaped until the in the, the books till Sirius black does so and then like everyone really was good. escaping yeah. man <laughs> yeah then everybody's crazy now but until then there was nobody that had ever escaped so it was a really solid prison and for good reasons, because these guards are horrible. I mean, they're good guards, but they're horrible, like, beings to be around. So, uh, if you're not familiar with what they look like, they're really creepy. And when, uh, it was it, I think you, Brad, you mentioned that they were looking like, kind of like Grim Reapers, or maybe that was you, Bryce, I can't remember. Yeah, so, they are very much look like Grim Reapers, except, uh, they, so they have the kind of vaguely humanoid-ish figure with, like, robes and whatnot except they are uh according to the books and movies described as being three meters in height which is about 10 feet tall so these things are really tall and i don't think the movies do all that great of a job at like depicting how big that they're supposed to be like they're yeah, I mean, the movies make them seem large. like they're just people well size. i think in like right? five what was that order of the phoenix when uh mm-hmm. they trap dudley and uh harry in the like the right tunnel i think they make like a better appearance in that one right just being like really big yeah and that's true like they do it pretty decently at like making them large but i don't know if they ever quite get to the 10 foot tall mark of these things being huge though that isn't specifically their body is 10 feet it's just kind of like their like outline their silhouette is 10 feet because i'm pretty sure there's a lot of the height is given to them by the robes that they have hanging off of them because these guys actually they don't walk around like like they're not like the uh ring race from lord of the rings where they're like guys in cloaks walking around just doing their thing these guys actually float around they never walk never touch the ground and in the books they can only float like a couple feet off the air or off the ground but in the movies they just fly wherever the heck they want so, right, yeah, because they're always seen like just flying wherever they want. Right, but that's so, interesting that they can only like float a couple feet. Yeah, it, it depends on which version you're listening to. But they were like in the Quidditch match, like flying way in the sky. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's like in in the books uh, for that scene specifically. It's interesting. In the movies, they had them like flying up above the like tournament arena. And they kind of watching down and then eventually they swoop down into the arena partway through the match. But in the in the books, instead, they had them just like kind of standing around in the bleachers and they were just kind of chilling in the bleachers, waiting for stuff to go down. And then eventually they intervened into the match and started sucking people's souls. Even though I've read the books, I kind of expected you to say they like hopped on brooms and got in the air. That <laughs> yeah, that would have been kind of hilarious. But there are some several things that they do that I think is so funny to imagine these like really imposing, terrifying creatures doing, which we'll get to in a little bit. But it's just so strange to me of like thinking of them just sitting up there in the bleachers, just watching a Quidditch game. And then they're like, all right, I'm time. I'm hungry. Time to start eating souls. Why not? <laughs> But so they're described as 10 feet in height, but like some of that I'm sure is just robes that kind of trail down onto the underneath of them, either if they're flying up in the air, just down on into the air, but also 
if they're floating down near the ground, I suppose it could drag, I suppose. Because uh, I don't think they're actually like a 10 foot tall dude, but close to it anyway. Um, they're also described as having like gray corpse like skin and even like have like blisters and, and scabs and on their hands and faces. So like real ugly looking creatures and not definitely a, a, a face for radio, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> not pleasant to be. But, radio, yeah. And then uh, when they're around, they actually like exude like a kind of aura of cold, uh, though that is it, it is hard to tell whether that's actually like a physical coldness. In the movies, it's depicted as an actual coldness. But like in the books, they just kind of describe that cold feeling as just kind of like a sense of dread that comes over you because they just like kind of suppress everyone's happy emotions whenever they're nearby. So like that aura of cold could just be more related to when they're nearby, you just feel cold and alone and depressed and sad. So, which Amen. really makes more sense than them being actually yeah. cold because their entire, exactly like their entire like thing is they feed on fear and you have to use bravery or whatever to like overcome. Right. But like, it's funny in the movie how it's like, oh, it's ice and everything. And it, I think it's definitely more cinematic than it is. Definitely. It does look very cool, but like based off of the way that they, the normal way that they re- kind of, treat everything else in the way that their abilities work and the way that they treat the rest of the world, it doesn't really make sense for them to have specifically cold abilities right, or freezing aura for any reason, but it looks cool when they're freezing the windows as they pass by. So yeah. why not? You won't get that but, cinematic moment of them freezing the windows or the water or like surrounding yeah. area. But they also, uh, strangely enough, which I guess this is kind of more in line with maybe they do have an actual cold aura, I suppose, but maybe not. They actually, when they're in groups together, they actually form like a mist around them. Like there's like an actual like fog that is generated when they're in large quantities around each other. So not really sure why that happens. Again, that could be just like a weird, it could be attributed to just when they're around, especially in large quantities, you just get real sad, real depressed and like, I guess that could be attributed to that, but they do specifically mention, like, especially in the later books, that like when Voldemort is just running rampant and the Dementors are just going crazy across the countryside, that there's like physical fog that's spreading across the country from these guys. So, could be like a hunting tactic, you know? Is yeah, that, I suppose. in order to help like secure their prey or whatever, is that they right. like kind of cast a smoke bomb, so to speak? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and and with that, that's could be very possible because they're actually also blind, so they don't really need to see. So causing this mist to come out and like make it so people can't see you and just like increase the fear and dread that people would have kind of makes sense because they the way that they move around and and are able to traverse the world is through like they can feel people's emotions and they just kind of map out the world kind of like a, a daredevil style with just the feelings of people around them. So they can tell where people are and what is around them based off of what people are feeling and where the feelings are at. So that's the way that they traverse. So they don't actually have any ability to see. So kind of neat. That being said, although they kind of sound ghostly and like almost ethereal, they are absolutely physical beings, physical objects. They can't walk through walls or anything like that. So if you end up having like this fog coming out 
just block indoors and you're pretty much good because they can't get through walls. So can can they open doors? They can, but I mean, if the door's locked, they probably would be fine. Well, unless probably. they're really strong, right? Or are they? Uh, we actually never really see them try to like break down doors. And whenever they open doors in like the books and movies, they kind of just like wave their hand in front of the door and it just like opens sesames oh, for them. Maybe it's magic. Yeah. Right. And so like maybe a locked door wouldn't do anything. I don't know. But I mean, it's worth I a shot. Might as well. Is to hunt down prisoners if they escape. I'm assuming they uh, can do it. <laughs> well, and that's the weird thing is, although that is what they're used for in the books and movies that isn't what they were created for slash that's not like their original okay. purpose because this is a, a, and we'll get into where they come came from in a little bit but the reason or the place that they come from is kind of a weird little bit of a mystery and they've just kind of been repurposed as prison guards because they're good at it not necessarily because that's like their design anyway but and then a funny thing that i thought was interesting with especially the uh comparison with the movies in uh in one of the movies i can't remember which one it is there's uh, a character actually I, I think it's in the third movie uh there's a character named uh, professor lupin who makes a comment about how the only people who i've ever seen under a dementor's hood are people who are now dead and so because of that they can't tell us what they look like so theoretically nobody knows what a dementor looks like because you die if you see them and then following up forward in the later movies all of the Dementors have their hoods taken off and you everyone sees them forever, like just like normal. And My continuity. So, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, why did this happen? Like, what's the lore thing? And then a lot of the people involved with the movies are like, it was just because the directors changed and they thought it looked cool. That's all. <laughs> Dang. Literally no lore reason to it. There's just in the beginning ones they had hoods, and the later ones they didn't because people thought it looked cool. But that being said. So like they're really creepy creatures, and as we were mentioning earlier, they're really like like oppressive whenever they're around. Like to an absurd degree, not only are they emotionally oppressive, but they actually have a weird ability that they like kind of oppress the light and like physical lights around them, as well as the happiness of people around them. So like they actually make the world darker when they're nearby for some reason, somehow. It might that might be part of that mist possibly coming around nearby them but it's also never really specified why they just talk about how it does happen because creepy i suppose but yeah other than, yeah I, I don't know why but i think it's a neat thing that like i suppose if you're going to create a really terrifying soul-sucking monster might as well make them be able to suppress the light because it's cool but other than that they're not all that like so it's it's kind of a hard thing to try and nail down how intelligent these creatures are because although they are like kind of hired by the government as we were saying and they're really good at their jobs they're hired as prison guards and over the several years i don't know exactly how many but it's at least a couple hundred years of them being prison guards for the prison nobody escapes so they're really good at their jobs but at the same time like especially some of the characters in the books and movies describe them as being just kind of animalistic and savage. So it's kind of a debate as to how intelligent they are, 
whether they're just kind of mindless creatures going around doing their thing or whether they're actually more smart than we think. They're at least smart enough, we know, to like take orders from people, from at least people in charge, because there's uh, at one point one of the ministers of magic, he uh, gives them directives to escort prisoners in and out of the prison. And then also they're given directive to escort uh, people going in and out of court as well to try and make sure like people don't run away from their court hearing, I suppose. So they're like given pretty specific directives like that and they follow pretty well and then in the prison this is actually one of the things that i found thought was really strange um but there's several characters that we know by name that die in the prison and after those characters die they specifically call out that the dementors are the ones who bury the bodies hmm. so <laughs> it's kind of weird yeah i never would have thought like they'd be out in the backyard with a shovel exactly the right like could you imagine like a i think it's kind of odd with them being on a island prison that's in the middle of the ocean why would they why would they not just toss the bodies into the ocean like that these are like hardened criminals like that have committed terrible crimes and like i feel like they're gonna run out of space if they keep burying everybody on the island so like why not just throw them into the ocean but apparently they're think they're they're better than that they're nicer kinder and so because of that, they actually are go through the effort of burying all of the dead. But they give that job to the Dementors, which I think is hilarious to see, like, hmm. think of, like, kind of a wraith-looking ghost creature out there digging up a hole, just, oh, well, I guess it's yeah. my time. <laughs> like, you think they, they complain at all? They're like, oh, yeah, man, 10 people died this week. Now we got to dig, like, 10 holes. It's so annoying. No, you get out there, Jerry. It's your turn. Hey, we both said Jerry. What the heck? And Jerry is the the go-to loser name. It is. I don't get paid enough and hope for this. This is garbage. <laughs> but that yeah. is like super uh interesting about their like sentience though, is because like you wonder if you can like talk with them and be like, hey, uh be a guard. Don't just immediately like suck out their soul. That's bad. Don't do that. Or if they're like maybe enslaved in some way. Yeah. I think it's uh, curious. Yeah. I think it is more of a contract that the, the ministry of magic has less. It's not so much like of an, an enslavement. It's more of a contract because of the way that like they are specifically given the job of guarding the prison but they're also paid in their like efforts by being able allowed to eat the souls and like kind of like eat the happiness off of all of the prisoners. So because of that, like it does seem like it's kind of it's not specifically like, hey, do this and that's just your life. And also later on, like they actually have in some important government buildings, they have like regiments of dementors like stationed at that place to guard either like holding cells or like to in one of the books and movies they actually have a couple of dementors in the courtroom because i guess him in intimidation why not so it does seem like they're given a little bit more autonomy than us like slavery would impl imply but i don't think it's necessarily like that they went to humans and were like hey we got a job offer for you i think it was <laughs> kind of just like hey 
convenient solution for both sides really is what it seems like oh, but man. so they're not like discussing terms with the labor union no <laughs> i don't think they're haggling their their hours with anyone so who knew that the had the biggest union in all of their <laughs> Uh, they really need their vacation time, man. That that <laughs> might explain why they switch over to Voldemort's side later on in the books. Maybe Voldemort was uh, willing to give them better uh, amenities or uh, better hours or higher pay or something. He's like, hey, yeah. guys, you can come and work for me, and I can give you flat screen TVs. Everybody gets a flat screen. He included a uh, dermatologist into their... Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. What a bargain. That's kind of like... The, the interesting part is like they didn't actually switch sides, right? He just took over the Ministry of Magic, which already controlled them. Uh, they yeah. did switch sides regardless um, because of the, the way that like even though the Ministry of Magic did kind of get taken over by him, there was still people in the Ministry of Magic and at the prison that should have theoretically been able to like tell them what to do. And they were just like, nah, he's going to tell me what to do. And they And they also stopped doing what the Ministry of Magic was like charging them with which was guarding the prison and they just kind of abandoned the prison so true i think it was like i mean maybe it did have partially to do with him taking over the uh ministry of magic but i think it was also mostly he was just like yo like you could either guard that prison or you could let all my people out and just leave the prison and just go eat anybody you want and I, I won't stop you. And they're like, sweet. The union, Sounds like a bargain. union leader was like, man, we could have done that this whole time. This was a possibility. <laughs> what the heck? Why didn't you guys tell me this was, I could just leave. I thought I was stuck here. No more burying dead bodies. I know, Get right? me out of here. And I guess if you do go by the uh, books, I don't know, just a thought that I had off the top of my head just now was in the books like we said they can't fly they can like levitate above the ground but they can't fly so maybe they have a really hard time going across the ocean because they can just barely levitate and so maybe when uh when Voldemort took over he ended up giving like a bunch of them rides over to the mainland to then go crazy and and start spreading havoc versus in the movies like they could just theoretically they could have left whenever but mm -hmm. maybe that's where in the books they're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he let them go he, like, he was able to get them onto the mainland so then they just kind of went ran rampant i don't know just an odd thought yeah. that i think would be that's hilarious i think it'd be funny also to see like 20 dementors just sitting on a boat while a guy like yeah. rows across yeah. the ocean <laughs> and they're like terrified of water so they're just like uh -huh. Rowing up around the side, they're just like right. this they're, they're terrified of the ocean, and the guy rowing the boat is terrified of them eating him. And so they're just <laughs> everyone's just scared on the boat, and just like, just let's get to land, and we can just everyone goes their separate ways. We'll be fine. I feel like at that point, uh, he hated Lucius so much that he just yeah, right. Oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> Lucius is like rowing across back and forth between out. <laughs> Uh, the Azkaban and mainland get ferrying the mentors back and forth over and over again. That would be so good. I would love to see that. So another thing that they did uh, just to really demean them even more of the manual labor that they were required to do, because again, I just have such a, f I love it picturing these guys doing manual labor because they just seem so ethereal and so much better than that, that I think it's hilarious. 
they also were responsible for bringing food to all the prisoners which oh my gosh it makes sense because there's nobody else on the prison or like on yeah. prison grounds it was dementors and prisoners and that was it so like it makes sense that that would be kind of what they would have to do but it's just so funny to think of like dementors rolling up to each door here you go here's dinner man Make that can't be sanitary you know <laughs> yeah blistered like nasty like yeah that's open sores and then you just got like a bunch of gunk on your food tray man yeah that does beg the question is there a dementor cook down in the kitchens in azkaban like <laughs> cooking up rice and mashed potatoes well, I, I was just gonna mention that i feel like like they there wouldn't be any wands or like normal magic users in alcatraz right like probably be banned yeah i'm sure it'd be banned right so like yeah there there wouldn't be any magic used for the food creation or anything so yeah that fully makes sense that there'd be a yeah Yeah. and that's actually very specific that anytime anyone visits the prison they have to weigh their wand like find out how much their wand weighs and then check in their wand at the door and that way like, they, they'll, they'll compare the weight of the wand with the weight that they check in to make sure it is the correct wand. So like you can't like give them a fake stick and then you're allowed into the prison. And when you come back out, you're allowed to get your wand back. And then they also do the same thing where there's no flying of any kind allowed on the prison, like no broomsticks, no chariots, nothing that can fly is allowed on the prison grounds at all. Just again, to make sure that nobody can escape. So mm. I think it's kind of interesting. Like they are, Got strangely down, yeah strangely successful prison guards so but that being said that's uh they although they're tasked with like feeding the prisoners and and doing all that which i think is hilarious and very funny they're that's not like the only thing that they do and they are from time to time given tasks by the ministry of magic to go and do other things uh for example they actually are given the task in the third book to go and watch Hogwarts because what, like we mentioned, one of the prisoners escapes Sirius Black and they believe that Sirius Black is going to come to the prison or to the school because he's trying to track down Harry Potter. And so because of that, they're like, send a bunch of Dementors to watch the school. So that way nobody can, or theoretically Sirius Black can't get to the school. Turns out it doesn't work that great because they're not that great at being uh, guards outside of the prison. When they're when they're not on home turf, they suck. Well, it's also really that true, there's man. literally an, like a spell that's literally made for them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but so yeah, like they they are kind of although they are uh, good at what they do when they're trying to guard the school, they kind of suck. Like they're they're not really good at it. But apparently, they're volatile enough to give a warning. And like, cause apparently, and actually I, I forgot to mention this earlier. So I mentioned they can't see, uh, they have to rely on their like sense of people's feelings to be able to tell where people are and what are, is happening. So because of that, they actually have a really hard time telling who's who and like differentiating between people. So they have like, they cannot tell who's friend versus who's foe. They just kind of latch on to the nearest sense of like happiness is what it seems like. So because of that, in the prison, that works great for them because there's only foe. There's nobody around that they shouldn't be depressing and they shouldn't be killing. But when they're sent like to other places, not the prison, it kind of can become a problem because, and Dumbledore even specifically mentions it to the students at the school, 
saying to like make sure to give them a wide berth. Don't go near them. Don't do anything that could aggravate them or draw their attention. Just leave them alone and they'll leave you alone. And just they're just here to kind of stand guard. And so he was specifically mentioning like like they don't do very good jobs at telling who's the bad person. They're just kind of trying to keep everybody out of the school right now. And so if you go near them, they're going to stop you, whether you're a bad person or not, whether you're the person they're looking for or not. So kind of interesting that how they're really good, but also like they're just like blanket kill everybody, not any specific person, which I think is kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I was just about to ask that is like in the movies, it always seems like they're giving Harry a hard time for like no Mm -hmm. reason. And then the ministry is just like, no, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess they're just literally just, like you said, once they get out of like their prison environment, yeah. they just kind of fall apart. Yeah. And it's just like on, on the prison, they don't need to be like careful about who they're attacking. So they just kind of run rampant and it's good. It works for them. It's great. But when they are like out and about, it's no longer the greatest situation and things start to happen poorly like their things start to go sour real fast so in pretty much any situation where dementors are taken out of or away from the prison it ends up being a bad situation which we'll That's talk about one true. later which it, it went back poorly but so the way that the uh we, we've mentioned a little bit what they can do and or why they are positioned around the, the prison but the way that they're actually like tasked with guarding the prison is actually pretty unique and pretty neat to me uh they because they're have this like ability to suppress everyone's emotions and like kind of feed off of the good emotions they the way that they guard the prison is they just kind of suck the the happiness and joy out of everyone around and specifically like sometimes they go like specifically to one person at a time but like usually it seems like it's kind of just like an aura of like sadness around them so much so that like it gets to the point where the prisoners in azkaban are so depressed and so like just oppressed almost that they just don't even care they're just almost driven insane or sometimes actually driven insane by the depression that they just completely lose all drive to even try to escape and so like they're the way that they kind of keep the prison from getting out of hand and they stop any kind of prison breaks from happening is by just kind of draining the will out of everybody to live. And so everyone's like, ah, I'm just too depressed. I'm too sad. I'm too tired. I just don't have it in me to even try to escape. And so they just never even try. So it's actually a pretty neat system, but also kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, that it sounds effective, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm seeing that this is kind of like, kind of morally gray at best honestly. yeah yes but it's it definitely is morally questionable but there is i guess a kind of silver lining if you will to it in that it seems like for some reason they only really can notice the emotions of humans they don't really like they can tell they can sense the emotions of animals but the emotions of animals don't draw them like nearly at all it doesn't seem like they are affected by them so because of that, like, if they do get released onto the world, they're not going to hurt the, the animals. So at least there's that plus side. Uh, but that is also actually used as a weakness against them. And that's actually the way that Sirius Black is able to escape the prison. 
because in the the books he's an animagus which means he's has the ability which very few wizards have to be able to change himself into an animal at will whenever he wants to and so because of that when he's in the prison he changes into an animal relatively often so that way they don't keep like oppressing him and they can't can't keep like sucking the life force out of him and so that's how he was able to stay sane in the prison for so long and why he was able to like get away as well because they didn't really notice they they didn't register that animal as a prisoner so they didn't track him down and they didn't follow after him and he was kind of able to just do what he wanted so i feel like somebody should have written that in his file right and that's that's actually the thing that's one of the reasons why he was able to do it is because he was in what's called an unregistered animagus because and which in in the wizarding world it was illegal to be an animagus and not be registered as one it's like you couldn't be one and not tell the government yeah hey by the way like kind of like a kind of like having a license for like driving a car or having a license for a gun or something like that you have to tell the state hey i have this thing that you should be aware of just in case anything happens but Sirius right. black didn't tell the state he nobody knew except for his close friends that he could do it so because of that when he got locked away that wasn't in his file so they didn't know to be careful about it they didn't know to like specifically look out for that and so when it happened the dementors didn't know what was happening and they actually specifically mention because the dementors they also had the at least a little bit of intelligence enough to be able to kind of like report back to their overlings kind of what they had heard what the kind of state of certain prisoners were and stuff like that so like when people when like ministers of magic or like people in the government would come and ask them how certain prisoners were doing the dementia could be like oh yeah they're like they're pretty good they're kind of crazy they're really sad whatever sad super depressed yeah everything's terrible you know exactly so like and so they can report on that and the dementors whenever he would switch over to his dog form they just kind of assumed that that was him going crazy and so whenever people would come and ask them about Sirius Black, they're like, oh yeah, he's crazy. He went, he lost his mind like a while ago. He just kind of has weird fits of like weird insanity. So I think you're good on him. He, you don't need to worry about him. When really it was him turning back and forth between an animal. So that's oh, I think kind of odd. And another thing that I think is interesting, although they are specifically like meant to target wizards, or, or that's how they're used in their day-to-day life, their guards for wizards specifically, they actually can affect the lives and they can still affect the emotions of muggles as well, which is people who don't have magic. They're, they're just regular people. However, unfortunately, muggles can't see the Dementors. So the Dementors can affect them, but the muggles can't see them. So it sounds like that might be the cause of my depression. It sounds like maybe there's just a Dementor <laughs> that's just like circling around me. Uh-huh. Got a yeah. couple of dementors like hanging exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. It's not my fault. There's just a dementor flying around. And that's why. Okay. Just get off my back. Eventually he'll get tired of me and he'll just either, I guess, leave or kill me. One or the other. I don't know, man. Mm. You're just like normally so happy all the time. I think yeah. you're having a pretty good time. Peace enough. I'm yeah. offsetting him. I, I got to fight to offset the sadness. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> something that's really kind of interesting and and one of the reasons why Voldemort was like such a big fan of these guys because he just kind of let them out onto the world to just like start killing muggles and just kind of wreak havoc 
And because none of the muggles could see them, they just kind of tore across the countryside and nobody knew, unfortunately. So, and with that, that one of the ways we mentioned that they oftentimes will end up killing their victims, and that is through this ability, whatever you want to call it, that they have called the Dementor's Kiss, which sounds so nice. It, it sounds is pretty so hot, not. honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, every once in a while you're getting lonely out there, real sad, and you just <laughs> want looking for a Dementor's Kiss, you know? It's just the know. way that it goes. Like, just in my mind, the Dementor's Kiss sounds like absolutely revolting. Like they gotta I mean, have the nastiest, most like grossest chapped lips. Yeah. You know, and like maybe they got some like cold sores on them and blisters and yeah. This terrible time. Nice. Yes. What a you're painting an image with words. I can see it now. It's beautiful. Now you see what I've always <laughs> <laughs> see. Yeah, Dementor's Kiss. Not as fun as it sounds, which it does not sound all that fun since, you know, it has to do with Dementors, which is never fun. Uh, but the what it is, the Dementors kiss, is that is what happens when they, like, decide that they're, I guess, they're tired of just sucking off the, like, little dregs of your happiness. And they're tired of, like, keeping you around. And so they just kind of literally kiss you. Like, they, like, latch onto your mouth and suck your soul out of your body. And when they Dang. do that, it leaves your body as like an empty shell. You're still like, quote unquote, technically by the bare minimum alive, but you have no existence. You basically turned into a vegetable. You're talking no, about it's like a vegetative state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like you. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it's actually really terrible. And a lot of people talk about how in, in the universe, they say it's worse than death. And there's a couple of reasons why I feel like that would be the case. Um, one of the reasons that they talk about is, A, it could just be because like when, you're, when you, they suck the soul out of you, you're still quote-unquote alive, but you're not actually alive. You just kind of live in this state of like limbo, and it's just it's terrible because you can't pass on, but you're still alive, but you can't do anything. And so that kind of just a horrible combination. And that's kind of like the least terrible version of why they call it that. So you are still like cognizant of like the world around you? No, you're not cognizant, but like your body is still around. It's because of that in the Harry Potter mythos, you don't actually pass on to the next life because your body is still technically alive. And so you can't progress until your body's dead. And so you're just kind of stuck there. You're not aware of anything because you're just like a vegetable. As far as I'm aware, you're not aware. As far nice, but <laughs> uh, as far as I know, you're not aware, but you can't really tell because like, again, people are just a vegetable, so it's hard to ask. Like, can you hear me? Are you aware? Blink so once if you know what's going on. So it's hard to tell. So you're probably but. just stuck in like a super depressed purgatory, huh? Exactly. You're just like stuck in a a black room of like just dark nothingness with just the worst memories that you have playing on repeat. It feels like I would assume. Which kind of sounds like Azkaban, honestly. That sounds feels terrible. Like a, yeah. Um, but then the other, like, other versions, the reason, like, other ex explanations for why this could be worse than death. Uh, one of them is because, like, when you get kissed by the Dementor, they actually, like, eat your soul and your soul becomes part of them. And so because of that, you don't even have the ability to, like, you can't become a ghost. You can't 
move on to the afterlife because you like literally are assimilated into the dementor so then even when your body dies you're just d- gone you're, you're screwed uh which is sounds like awful and it just sounds like they're like creatures that are somehow able to like rob you of the afterlife just like kind of cut you out of that opportunity which is pretty brutal and then another one is uh, explanation is that it kind of seems like it's similar to horcruxes in that they oh interesting yeah so like with a horcrux when somebody activates a horcrux or, or creates a horcrux they split their soul in half and half of their soul stays in their body half of it goes into an object that they determine and because of that whenever somebody creates a horcrux it damages their soul to a point where they can't enter the afterlife either and instead they get stuck in this place called the limbo where like they are dead and they do move to a different place but it's just kind of like a holding ground and nothing is actually there and in the uh movies they actually show that that's where the train station is that harry goes to and talks to dumbledore and then oh, that's what voldemort that is like was. yeah voldemort's like curled up in the ground like in a little fetus like like creature really kind of gr- creepy gross little looking thing that's yeah. the limbo that they're talking about and so because of that like if you're if you create a horcrux that's where you are now at forever that's where you live and the theory is that for a dementor if a dementor eats your soul then theoretically maybe that's the same thing that happens it's just like kind of making a horcrux where you get stuck in limbo as well the worst part about that train station is just how bright it is i know right it was so bright that's I don't understand the table or the bench, right? Man. Like, turn off the lights. The lights, bro. it's terrible. I can never sleep. It's just blinding. Yeah. Um, so that's. But I could totally see that. Is that the like Dementor is like forcibly making Horcrux for you? Kind of, yeah. They're kind of the Horcrux, but you can still like die, kind mm-hmm. of like, or your body can, but you're still like just permanently trapped in that limbo because. The Dementor was like, eh, I'm going to make you into Horcrux and just like right. feed off your soul forever. They kind of use your soul as a battery. And so because of that, your soul's like, well, I guess we're stuck here for now, forever. But good job, idiot. Yeah. And so because of that, like, it's really not a fate that anybody ever would want. And, and everyone in universe talks about how it's like the worst death that you could have worse than dying. It's even more terrible than that. And so for a while, it was like it was they the ministry tried not to let them do it ever. Um, but then at some at one point, there was a, a minister of magic called Kingsley Shacklebolt. And uh, he was. Yeah. So he was the guy that kind of a, like put an end to that kind of a, a like, executions. And so before him, all of the ministry, ministers of magic before him were kind of like, didn't think it was great, but they're like, eh, whatever. They're they're terrible criminals, so like, who cares really? And so, before Kingsley Shacklebolt showed up, there that was the way that prisoners on Azkaban were killed was with the Dementor's kiss, which means that not only did they have a terrible life, but then, according to this, when they died, it wasn't even that wasn't even a relief. It was just even more terrible death. So, which is terrible, and actually, uh. In the books, we don't see this in the movies, but in the books, there's actually one character that we know of, uh, well, a character that we actually meet and interact with. His name is Barty Crouch. 
sorry, Barty Crouch Jr. Let's let's make sure we Barty specify. Crouch Jr. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that guy actually is uh, one of the few people that we know of that gets killed by the Dementor's curse. Um, it's right after he is like discovered for having like impersonated Alistair Moody, and after they like caught him, started questioning him and whatnot. And the Minister of Magic at the time shows up at that interaction, and with him he brings like a Dementor as a guard, which feels like such overkill. But why not? I feel like that really sucked. Just I know, put right? a real wet blanket on your entire like trip. Seriously, <laughs> like it's yeah. not great to begin with, but it makes it yeah, even worse. Absolutely, it w- it would make the entire trip a real drag. And but apparently he was either so depressed that it didn't matter or something because he brought this guy, this Dementor along with him. And in doing that, once the Dementor like got up to where Barty Crouch Jr. was, I don't know why it chose him specifically, but as soon as it got near Barty Crouch, it just immediately killed him, immediately kissed him and sucked his soul out. And everyone was like, oh no, that's a terrible, like, why would you let that happen? Like, how dare you? And they get the minister of magic was like ah, who cares i hate it I, like the guy was a criminal anyway so whatever it was uh oh i, I it was uh cornelius fudge was the minister of magic i couldn't remember mm-hmm. his name earlier um and so he was like yeah who cares he was a terrible criminal anyway and everyone's like yeah but like we could have questioned him and gotten information out of him and like gotten him to admit that voldemort was here and whatnot and at that point cornelius fudge was just the worst and he's like nah voldemort's fake anyway so who cares he wasn't real anyway and uh, so yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> shot himself in the foot an extra time. You think ironically. like uh, as the Dementor was like doing its kiss, you know, you think they were like spraying it with some like, yeah. water bottles? <laughs> Trying to grab like, it, like pull him off. No, stop. <laughs> no, man, don't kill him. Stop it. Stop it. We need him. Just trying to pull it off. And he's like, nah, nah, you can't stop me. That Dementor so... unusually hungry. He's like, I just, I just, uh, need this. I need this juice. Yeah. For some like, reason. Why'd you do it, man? He's shrugs his shoulders <laughs> but for some reason it didn't go after anybody else in the room it didn't go after the minister of magic it didn't go after dumbledore or anybody else that was in the room only the one guy that was like a criminal it's like i mean i guess as far as people to kill it wasn't the worst choice but inconvenient for sure at the time maybe but, mr crouch was just really happy on that day for yeah who knows yeah. why maybe <laughs> weirdly happy for some reason maybe if you're a criminal your soul is just like better well actually that's funny that you mentioned that um because i was actually just about to talk about some of the things that people do to try and protect themselves against uh dementors and one of them is actually just being really depressed uh and that's actually one of the reasons (laughs) (laughs) that's one of the reasons why like dark wizards like any of the death eaters and whatnot that a Unfortunately, they're actually, for some reason, not able to produce Patronuses. Well, for some reason, as in, and the reason for that, presumably, is goes hand in hand with the other thing is they seem like they're just too depressed to make Patronuses. But because of that, it also makes them kind of immune to uh, other Dementors or Dementors in the area, as long as there's people nearby them. So, like, as long as there's somebody else other than a Death Eater nearby the dementors the dementor will automatically go for that other person over the death eater because the death eaters are apparently just so sad that they just aren't interesting to to dementors for some reason 
that makes it a lovely crowd man i know right (laughs) so depressing so yeah that's where like i don't really know why it would have gone for him specifically especially because of everyone in that room he should have been theoretically the safest unless like you were saying maybe he's just was strangely happy for some reason at that point well he he was already in azkaban right so like yes he had been too like the dementors were already looking for him so it makes sense why him but like other dementors that maybe hadn't gone to right but that's the thing is like we mentioned earlier that dementors can't really tell the difference between people they have a really hard time telling who's who because they can't see and so they just kind of go based off of like who's the happiest or who's like the most emotionally unstable i suppose so so really the story that they killed him so he kind of feels like it yeah yeah it kind of feels just like plot reasons but cool nonetheless but anyway disappointing because we couldn't question him but the uh other ways that people are able to try and like protect themselves from dementors uh is a spell called the patronus which we talked about earlier that's like the the bread and butter thing that's used to protect people everyone knows patronuses or most people do um expecto (laughs) exactly and that's the spell basically is just like it makes like the happiest most pleasing memory that you have in your memory banks and it just like cast like projects that out in front of you and the dementors because it's not a living thing they can't feed off of it so it just kind of like they can't go through it but they can't attack it so it just kind of scares them off for some reason doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me really but that is like the explanation of it is like they can't feed off of it and so they just kind of run away from it instead maybe they just get uh, really frustrated because it makes them like perhaps. super hungry and they just can't have a, even a single uh-huh. or you know how like in real life maybe i'm just uh-huh. like really sad or something but like people that are too happy annoy me so, so maybe true is just such a good memory that it's like <laughs> this is annoying like, i don't even want the soul of this person that is so true. Good point. I, I'm going to go with that one. That just it annoys them to the point where they're like, "All right, I'm out of here. This is garbage." I'm like, wow, it was fun, but why'd you have to go and do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's uh, probably the most common way that people are able to protect themselves. And however, there are other ways to protect themselves, like or to protect oneself against dementors. None of them are permanent. Uh, there's no way to actually kill dementors, as far as we can tell. They don't. They can't die, or at least not from physical attacks. They may die of old age eventually, but like they can't actually be harmed in any way. The best you can do is just like kind of not draw their attention slash like distract them for a little bit. So because of that, one of the ways that we can that that's possible uh, is other than making yourself insanely depressed, you can also just like focus really hard on a memory that isn't sad but that isn't happy because if you focus on a memory that's too happy it will draw their attention to you but if you focus on a memory that's too sad well i mean it kind of defeats the purpose because that's what they're working for anyway so instead if you just focus on like a neutral memory a neutral thought then it will kind of keep you protected from them but not going insane from them which i think is kind of interesting the happiest person in the room is what you're telling me exactly basically yes and so, for example, that's actually one of the other things, because Sirius Black seemed to be using all kinds of tricks to get out of Azkaban, which explains why he was the only person to get out. 
Um, so along with going in, in and out of his animal form relatively often, he also like would hard fixate on like relatively neutral memories and, or, or thoughts. And one of the memories slash thoughts was that he was innocent. And so like the entire time he was in Azkaban, he was like, I'm innocent. I don't deserve to be here. There's no reason I should be here. I'm just, I'm going to get out and whatnot. And just like focused on the fact that he was innocent. And apparently that was neutral enough to not draw their attention. And then he would also focus hard on the fact that he needed to get out so that way he could get to Harry to protect him. Just get out so you could get to Harry and find out if he's okay. And that was the other thing that he just like would hard target for some reason. And mm-hmm. apparently those those worked kind of ish. But yeah, I mean, it's okay. so yeah, I think so. Yeah, it seems but like it. If that was me, man, I'd probably just think of like a bowl of oatmeal, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like neutral, bland. Just like like, don't add any oatmeal. Don't add any fruits. It just straight oatmeal. Just straight oats and water, man. You're counting on those cooks in in Azkaban being relatively decent cooks. It might be that oatmeal starts looking pretty tasty after being there for a little while. After after being in Azkaban for a week, a bowl of plain Jane oatmeal might be the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. So. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a foolproof plan, but I mean, it would help probably at least for a little while, but maybe along the lines of foods, uh, there are actually some foods that can help protect you from the Dementors. One of which oh, they really? mention in the movies is chocolate because everyone knows chocolate makes you happy. So chocolate, and if you eat chocolate, then it makes you happy and it offsets the like soul-sucking depression that the dementors so that impose was on you a cure right to like their effects. yes yes not it's it's not a it's not a uh preventative measure it's definitely a after the fact like trying to bounce yourself back and like recover from the effects that they put on you so it wouldn't uh really help anyone who's interacting with them a long term and it also doesn't help in large amounts of time so like constantly eating chocolate nonstop all day every day would not cause it to like would not make you immune to dementors they would still be able to affect you i would argue that drugs should do the same thing if if you're using chocolate to try and offset i feel like cocaine would just be like the immediate solve all just start doing drugs and no dementor could touch you you're immune to dementors at that point well, all of our viewers <laughs> we do not condone the use of any illegal uh, drugs <laughs> no but i mean if you're no. trying to if you're trying to combat Dementors, I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. I, like, I think uh, but, since this is like chocolate is only used as a like a remedy, I think if you used like illegal drugs, you'd probably be like a magnet for Dementors and they just like be so yeah. irresistible to them. They'd just kiss you immediately and die. So I, I mean, perhaps <laughs> maybe, but you would never feel it. You'd be so Zen. Nothing would phase you. I mean, no. you probably feel it when you realized you were like in a weird limbo and it was terrible. Okay, it's not a foolproof plan, <laughs> but it's a plan, okay? <laughs> Randy's uh, actually, a little bit apart here. But, you know. like lining up, ready to like sniff it up, and he's like, wait, maybe I need to think I'm trying it. to defend my drug use. No, it's not, that's not true. But <laughs> and along that same lines, actually, and part of the reason why I feel like it at least could possibly be a, a useful thing is uh there's actually two other instances uh once when harry is brought back from 
like the brink of death by the resurrection stone. After he does that, he's like so like overjoyed, like he's so like buzzed on happiness, like he can't be any more happy that actually none of the Dementors in the area can do anything to him. They're just like completely useless. They can't touch him. Mm. So like apparently if you are like at peak happiness, they actually can't do anything to you because the thought is, is the way that they, the Dementors affect you is they suck out your happy memories and therefore like encourage and inflame your bad memories and like your sad, depressing, all those kind of memories. And so if you're just so happy that you can't even think of any bad memories, then they theoretically would have nothing to do to you. They couldn't affect you at all. So if somehow there's a drug that's able to do that and like get you so happy, but with no negative thoughts at all, then maybe that would work. But I think maybe normal drugs probably not. Right. But so that's the, uh, the way that the, the mentors kind of came about drugs that's how we use yeah that's kind of it really a spell drugs or like mental like gymnastics that really don't make a whole ton of sense and that kind of seem flimsy at best i would not rely on those heavily but uh so but lastly i think it's interesting we've been talking about how like what they were doing why the dementors were around and how they were like kind of employed by this party or that party and sometimes they helped the government and sometimes they helped uh Voldemort at times but like it seems kind of strange for any of them any one group to be able to like control them especially with where they came from uh which will uh I'll describe real quickly it's a pretty short story but I think it's kind of neat nonetheless um so the origin from of the Dementors comes from way back in the day, back like in 1500s or so, there was a like horrible, horrible wizard, like one of the worst, if not the worst wizard ever to exist. And his name uh, was Erixtus. I I had it pronounced earlier and I forgot. Erixtus sounds cool. Yeah, I think it's Erixtus. I think so. Um, But so this guy, terrible wizard, decided that he wanted to like go off and do his like experiments and like he wanted to just kind of like mess around with people and and try and like find new terrible horrible dark spells and dark creations and so to do this he decided he wanted to go off and find an island so he he went to the north sea found an island way out in the middle of nowhere and started building this fortress on this island and after he had this weird fortress he actually started luring sailors to this island to do experiments on them and so he would like torture them experiment on them do horrible terrible things to them and then eventually he would murder them yeah terrible terrible guy like horrible and this was just like his island of monstrous of pain yeah seriously and he actually put a bunch of concealment charms around it so nobody in the area nobody no other wizards at the time knew that he was doing anything because they didn't even know this island existed so he went his entire life doing his own thing just torturing people endlessly and finally after years and years and years he finally passed away thankfully and with that the concealment charms fell down and just finally now people were able to find this island so wizards of the time just stumbled upon this island found out oh crap what, what is this weird island out in the middle of nowhere that is just literally reeks of dark magic. 
And so they sent a contingent of wizards to like investigate to try and figure out what was going on. And when they finally made it to the island and started investigating, they said that they discovered the worst horrors that they could ever imagine. Amalgamations and, and twisted creatures, like horrible monsters. And in this prison or in this fortress was also an infestation of Dementors. And that was actually the first time anyone had ever seen a Dementor. Oh. And the wizards, the ones that were able to survive this trip to his island, fled and told the ministry about this terrible island with monstrous creatures and Dementors, these creatures that they ended up calling Dementors, that are just infesting this island. And at the time, the thought was, okay, well, let's destroy the island. Problem solved. And then we can, we'll just get rid of it. No more Dementors. But the problem is, is because the Dementors are indestructible, they can't really get killed. The fear was if they destroyed the island, then the Dementors would just kind of get released onto the world. Because like, if they don't have a home anymore, they'll just find somewhere else to be. And so they'll just go off and take over. So instead, the ministry was just like, all right, fine, we'll just leave it alone. It just, we'll just ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist. So they put charms to make it so people couldn't see it again. And they just left it alone for like a long time. And after a couple hundred years, finally, a uh, new minister of magic came into power and decided that it would be a good idea to use this as a prison because it would. they had a bunch of like small prisons around in the countryside, but none of, none of them were all that successful. They had a lot of breakouts and whatnot. So he decided, you know, let's put all the prisoners on this island and let's hire these creatures to guard the prison. Problem solved. We are A, getting rid of our prisoners and also kind of detaining these terrible monsters that we don't know how to deal with at the same time because they'll both be guarding each other kind of and so that's what they did and it seemed like it was a great solution it i mean up until the events of the books slash movies it worked really really well and it it, it was uh not maybe the greatest solution but worked good enough for a while but yeah i mean, I mean a few hundred years that's pretty yeah, uh, right good that's a few hundred years of, yeah, a few hundred years of no breakouts and none of them, like no Dementors affecting other people as well. So, I mean, like, throw away the moral fact. It worked great. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like morality wise that it would work, which was actually one of the reasons why it ended up getting disbanded after after this whole plan went through and they were being used as prison guards for forever. Uh, then after the events of the books and movies people started to escape and the ministry was like okay a this is really morally questionable and not good but also doesn't seem to be as foolproof as we planned so yeah, i'll join forces with the most powerful dark exactly yeah, exactly probably. probably maybe not great so that was a uh, actually after the war with them or with dumbledore with voldemort after the war with voldemort was concluded the ministry actually got rid of all of the dump the Dementors from Azkaban kicked them out to we don't know where, but kicked them out somewhere. And the sun. Exactly, possibly. And uh, a bunch of human aurors, which is like the wizards that are like, tasked with tracking down dark wizards. And they were charged with guarding the prison instead from then on out. So now there's regular human guards on the prison. But for a while, they there was really cool ghostly creepy monsters as guards so i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna try to fight the auras they are pretty terrifying 
Yeah, that's true. It's it's definitely it. I feel like the Aurors would have more of a intimidation way of protecting the the or stopping prisoners from escaping versus the Dementors would just have like a an oppressive depression way of stopping breakouts. So it's either intimidation or depression, which I mean neither one's great. So either way, it's gonna be bad. But it's prison for terrible people. Well, so yeah, I don't know gray area again of like how moral is it but well yeah pri- yeah pr- prisons I- I as a whole are exactly kind of, yeah. this is where i'm like in general i don't know how i don't know if i which side of that argument i want to find myself on so i'm just gonna say and eh, gray regardless but i would say in the end of the day in better the than to have, world yeah <laughs> it's a pretty interesting concept yeah absolutely so but this Wait. is the the first time that they were they found dementors yeah that's the first time that dementors were ever found and the because of that up until the events of the books and movies which i believe in regular quote-unquote real world time i think that was like 1998 or so i think is when uh, the movies concluded or so and so up until then all of the dementors the, the dementors were only ever seen in europe because that's where the movies take place. That's where this prison is held. And it's only really the European Ministry of Magic that interacts with them and has this agreement with them. And so because of that, there aren't any on the other, like anywhere else across the planet. After the movies though, after the books, when they kick them out of Azkaban, who's to say where they go? They could be anywhere else, but they at least up until then, specifically none of them were anywhere else. Do we so. know anything else about the origin? Like, were they created by some of these, like, muggle sailors being experimented on? That's or? that's the question that nobody really knows an answer to. It's really hard to tell where they came from, because on one hand, it's thought maybe they came from one of his experiments, that he created them somehow, some way, with some crazy, terrible spell, and created these monsters from the the sailors. But it was also theorized that perhaps maybe they just kind of showed up there like they kind of like manifested because he was just like living in this world of total depression and right. torture and horror it's because it just kind of like they they were like birthed out of the terrible at emotions there and or became their own sentient there like they already existed there that was like their- possible you know home hometown and he was mm-hmm. like well, this is already a dark place let me just darken it up a little bit more it's possible that that is up the place a little bit yeah but with that it is kind of interesting that they specifically mention or at least i think this is a retcon that jk rowling has come out with since because in the books they mentioned that the uh dementors are breeding i think he a character specifically talks about them breeding and them getting their numbers getting out of control but I think she has since then said that they don't actually breed. That's not how they reproduce. That's not how they replicate. Instead, they actually like grow like fungus. So whenever there's an area that has like high amounts of depression, high amounts of negative emotions and, and sadness, they just kind of like naturally start to form there. And after a while, they just like start showing up out of nowhere, it seems like. So mm. it seems like with that retcon-ish statement it feels like it's possible that he was just like there for so long doing such terrible things to people that eventually they just started like manifesting and just started 
coming out of the woodwork almost. No, so. that makes sense. And I that's mean, actually... I would think that they would generate other places than just that one island, right? If that was you would case. think, you would think, but I mean, maybe there's just been no places that... I mean, because after... I feel like once one's created, then they kind of create an environment to make more of them. So it takes right. one to make others. So I think it might be a lot of work to get a place of like physical location to be so depressing to make the first one. And then once you make the first one, they can kind of help cascade and make more with just like well, the oppressive thing. And like, but like thinking about like world history, cause I'm assuming sure. it's supposed to be similar. Um, there's been some places worse F than that. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. So I'm thinking maybe it's the mixture of that plus Possibly. magic. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's like, I don't know. That's like purely based off of the way that like she describes it. I'm not saying necessarily that it should or shouldn't have them showing up other places. It's just the way that she describes it sounds like it doesn't. But I agree with you that like based off of the other things that have happened in the world, if that's the way that they're created is just purely through negative emotion, they should be showing up other places as well. But maybe it's just really weird, like really specific circumstances require it. I'm not sure. And they actually, mm. I think, at one point mentioned that, like, their, like, negative negativity can kind of, like, saturate into a place, like, into a, a world, into a building, everything. So much so that, like, the, like, stones, like, the, the location itself kind of exudes negative energy so much. And so, like, because of that, like, even Azkaban itself was, like, even when the Dementors weren't there, it still was just, like, an oppressive, depressing place just because of how long they had been there and just, like, how much they just corrupted that place kind of is what it seems like, which I think is really odd and like kind of terrifying that they could just like twist the world to such a degree to make things like that happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the, you said the wizards when they first found it, they said it was like some of the most horrible stuff that uh -huh. they ever encountered. Yeah. Which like, mm -hmm. I kind of would love to see the other terrible things that they saw there, but I, I think it's, I want to know what, funny like other funny things that dementors have to do right <laughs> yeah absolutely it's there's so many things of like speaking of which actually one thing that i thought was odd uh so in world there's a test called the uh wombat i think is what it's called no, um, it, it, it's the wizarding mortal wombat <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an acronym for like the wizarding like educational whatever 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 i don't remember the acronym but it stands for something and it's like a kind of like the regular world's like SAT tests or something like that, or the Europeans, uh, what is the, what does Europe have? Some kind of standard test as well. Um, but they have a standard test in the wizarding world. And one of the questions on the test is actually talking about how there are never. Are you talking about the owls? Yeah. Well, so the first is the owl and the, the owl is like the prerequisite test. And then there's the wombat, oh, which is like the higher level questionnaire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. But so in that, questionnaire in that test one of the questions talk about how there are in tropical locations there are never dementors dementors never show up in tropical locations which i think is hilarious because i guess people are just too happy in tropical locations to get affected you can't possibly be depressed and paired exactly right? exactly so if you're ever worried about dementors move to like that sounds like hawaii or maybe they hate the humidity maybe that's what it is. they just get sunburned really easily and so they're like i can't <laughs> I can't live here. It's just too much. The sun's too bright. It's too much. I know. But so, yeah, it's just 
another thing that I thought was interesting of like, that's an odd specification that they don't interact with. But other than that, I think that's uh, that'll do it for Dementors this week. It's a little bit of a longer episode. I apologize, but I mean, it was a very a lot cool of creature. Song, yeah, there's, I mean, we got what six books is it six books seven books seven i lose track i lose track of whether it's seven books and eight movies or seven movies and six books or which what what the math is i I always lose track but it's a lot of books with a lot of information Mm -hmm. and then then we've got several other movies that have come out since and And she's been extended universe uh and she's been talking about a whole bunch of other like putting out other ancillary information and and lore so like like fully canceled now isn't she is she i don't know i i don't pay attention to her honestly i just know that she keeps putting out new information and it's hard to keep track they they didn't even let her do the harry potter reunion thing on uh did they not hbo no they they had like one clip of her but she wasn't invited Jeez, Um, that's wild well that's a a different time a different topic for a (laughs) Not another day because I don't want to That's touch that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Have no interest in touching that with a 10 foot pole. But regardless, there, there's a lot of information to Dementors. And so, because of that, like, there is a lot of stuff that I cut out, and, and we can only talk about so much for in, in each episode. But, like, honestly, but, though, as far as creatures go, like, this might be one of the most terrifying just very. because, like, w- like, just what it does and how many there yeah. are. Like, just yeah they just seem very chaotic and yeah and as far as creatures in the uh the harry potter universe a lot of them are like taken straight out of other lores and stuff like that but like this one it is inspired by a lot of other lores but it is still a relatively unique creature that i think is pretty neat and actually i've heard of uh quotes from jk rowling about how the way that she created this creature was it was inspired by like a really hard time in her life where like a specifically depressing time where she was going through like very much at least from what it sounds like crippling depression um at the time and how the feelings that she had at the time was just complete dread and and to the point where she describes how she was so sad so depressed that she could not envision never picture herself being cheerful again like that's how terribly depressed she was and it's like that's kind of the the vision that she wrote into these creatures which i feel like carries through really well yeah definitely i mean like i would almost not say that they're like a terrifying monster but they're just like such an embodiment of like Mm -hmm. dread you know is that everything about these is just like you would dread to be near them dread to have any type of interaction with them ever yeah and especially with the way that they look, because she mentioned specifically that they look a lot like Grim Reapers, and people have mentioned it as well, like just in all kinds of media, they look like Grim Reapers, so you would think that they're like this creature of death and stuff, but she specifically mentioned like she didn't want them to be embodiments of death. They're embodiments of depression. They're embodiments of sadness and anguish and all of those negative feelings, not death. I mean, they do kill-ish in ways, but they don't, they aren't death creatures which i think is neat so yeah but yeah i think that'll do it for us this week for uh dementors a very interesting creature in a lore that 
I have a little bit of a conflicting feeling of I, I like the Harry Potter universe. It's cool, but there's some things that I'm not a big fan of and I have some conflicting feelings about it. So Dementors, I think I feel like are one of the creatures that I think are really cool and just pretty solidly done. So I wanted to be able yeah. to uh, talk about these guys. But other than that, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, check us out on TikTok. We got a TikTok with a bunch of really cool videos and we are uh, pretty active there and Thank able you. to respond on uh, that platform. And I say we, it's Brad. Brad is <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> he's responding. He's participating. So if you have any questions or anything like that, we'd love to be able to uh, chat there. We're also on Twitter. And yeah. uh, that, pod. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if, if you, you would, uh, we'd love to be able to hear from you on there as well. If you have any suggestions or anything like that of creatures that we, we should cover. And other than that, we'd love to have a, you leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to, or uh, let's share it with a friend. If you uh, have a friend that used yes, to uh, are a big fan of the Harry Potter universe, share it with them. Maybe they'll uh, find this episode interesting. Yeah, but. if you guys want to listen to this episode over a tall glass of butterbeer. Oh, beer, there you go. <laughs> hey, never had butterbeer. like a good actually. time to me. I, I've heard it's good, but I've never had it. So oh, the books always let me make know. it sound so good. But right? Regardless. But it sounds like sugar in a cup, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's like the same feeling as like Ambrosia from the Percy Jackson series. Like it just like. Oh, yeah. You know, makes mm. you, wanna, you have fun. Ambrosia just sounds fantastic. I mean, it would kill right. me. When I read the Percy Jackson books, I was so jealous. I was, I really wish I could have had Ambrosia. I was like, man, that sounds so good. Uh, turns out it's not a real thing. So don't, Dang it. <laughs> never going to have it. But it was sounds the way they describe it. So good. But yeah, have a good week and share, share the episode with uh, someone who's getting some butterbeer.